Howdy, my friend Anne. Howdy, partner. Are you su- are you a, a, a Southerner today? You riding you know a horse? Why? What you doing? Do you know why I'm a Southerner today? Because I just why? got invited to a bachelorette party, and the theme for us attendees is hot pink cowgirl. Wow, that is very specific. I didn't even know. I'm so old. Yeah. I didn't even know that there were themes for bachelorette parties. I, in oh, my day, yes. I didn't even have one. Oh my gosh, there's I, a theme for I, I every event within. That's just for the Friday night dinner and going out. Oh, That's just that Oh my theme. God. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I need pictures. Oh, I definitely pick pictures of the hot pink cowgirl <laughs> and, and why that even is a theme. But that's that's a story for another time. Um, yep. I'm going to stick out, I think. It's not really my, how I identify, but you know. Okay. Okay. I, I love that. I love that you said that. So how old were you or when? Did you realize like how you identified, who you are, how you put yourself out in the world, how the world sees you? Oh my gosh, that's a really good question. I don't know if I have any, I, I don't know, TBD, <laughs> still still waiting for the age, I guess. <laughs> that's what so about you? Do, yeah. you? do you feel like you, you had know, an age? It, it's funny, I'm not sure if I knew it at the time, but when I go back and think about who I was like in high school, I think I've grown into a more confident person, a leader, sort of more solid in myself and and able to just completely do my own thing regardless of what everybody thinks really late in life. Like I had to get all the way through mm. my corporate career before I was defining myself by what was supposed to happen, what I thought was supposed to happen, what I thought was supposed to do, what I thought management wanted of me, what I thought, what I thought, what I thought. Now it's just what I think. So that is pretty cool. But then when I look back on like a paper I wrote in high school, I was kind of the same. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting yeah. to see what we grow into, but at our core, you know, we sort of are who we always were, I guess, to a, gr- to a great extent. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I feel that way. I mean, that's why I think I struggle. I've never, well, first of all, I've never had to pause and go, huh, like, what is it about me? Like, how do I label this? It just was pretty clear. You know, I just, I'm like, oh, um, adding identities as you go on through life, I guess, kind of how you experienced it. But um, yeah. I don't know. I, I've never, I've just always kind of done my own thing, known what I like, known what I want to try, what I don't. I just do it. But I've never, yeah. I guess, attributed that to any like, you know, identity per se. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think we're probably more in the mainstream of sort of mm-hmm. just being not not ever having to give it thought. But I love our upcoming guest because they really have had to um, think about where they fit into society and how society yes. sees them in a way that the, those of us who are sort of born with more traditional, you know, assignments of whatever that means. Um, yeah don't have to think about so uh, thank goodness we're gonna let jazzy introduce herself because i wouldn't know yes, i would i, I wouldn't know yeah exactly one. exactly we're gonna live this one out loud good day good people out there my name is jazzy muganzo murphy i use she her they them pronouns i am an educator a mentor um, and currently a cannabis consultant, um, and that's how I'd like you to know me. Oh, so that threw a whole that threw a whole new level into this conversation. Yes. I wow. haven't heard that before. Educator yes. can what well, you said: educator, mentor, and cannabis consultant. You got it. I had no idea Amazing. this. We were even going in this direction, but I love it. 
Excellent. All right. <laughs> All right. So so let's take the obvious one the way that I know you first mm-hmm. and let's talk about the that educator piece of you. Yeah. What do you do on a day to day basis? Well, um, I can tell you what I used to do, and, and then we can talk a All little right, bit about fair, what I do fair, on a fair. day-to-day basis uh, now. Now. But, um, I am an higher education just enthusiast. And wait, the uh, higher education, you don't mean higher education, right? I don't, <laughs> but this podcast is going to be full of puns, so y'all get ready. I got them loaded, ready to go. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. Um, But yeah, um, I'm a higher education enthusiast. Um, I kind of fell into higher education, which is kind of a likely story that you'll hear from any higher ed professional is none of us were little kids like when I grow up, I would love to be a college dean. I mean, (laughs) maybe there's one or two kids out there like that, but the majority of folks don't know. And so my journey into higher education was a little wobbly. I'm um, I'm a Sacramento product, born and raised, Um, grew up as an athlete, a very talented athlete and quite frankly, just an intelligent child growing up. But Mm -hmm. like a lot of teenagers, you know, when I hit my adolescence, kind of started bumping heads with my family. And that just kind of sent me in a a lot of different directions that, you know, probably I shouldn't have gone down. But ultimately, I ended up graduating from high school late and just jumping into any type of job that I could find. So I worked at Target. I worked at check cashing locations. I did, you know, after school programs. I did all sorts Mm -hmm. of things. And I was just working and living um, kind of trying to figure out who I wanted to be as an adult, but knowing that, you know, um, I needed to kind of figure it out on my own at that point. And, um, in short order, uh, at age 20, um, I became pregnant with my daughter. Um, and that really changed my perspective on all things as, you know, like life altering, uh, decisions like that do. And so I realized very quickly that, uh, without a college degree, I only have a high school diploma, um, and the lifestyle that I wanted to create for myself and for my child, I couldn't do that with a high school diploma. So begrudgingly, you know, I, I turned to higher education and enrolled at uh, Sacramento City College, which is a community college uh, here in my hometown. And um, at that time, because of where I was working and where I was living, I was low income. Um, I was using county assistance. I, I lived in county housing at that time. Um, which seems like a lot of despair, but for me, um, it opened up a lot of opportunity for me. So I qualified for all types of financial aid. My daughter was able to go to the daycare at the college for free. Um, my textbooks, I got lunch vouchers, like all sorts of things were afforded to me as a result of that uh, circumstance. And, you know, when you're in that situation, the county really wants you to just get any type of certificate, get anything that's going to get you into the workforce as quickly as possible. And so I was there thinking, I'm just going to get some office administration type stuff and, you know, try to work in an office. That's what I'd seen my mom do. And, yeah. you know, I knew how to use a copy machine and organize stuff. And I thought that's where I would be. And in that journey, I found uh, communication studies as a major, really just fell in love mm-hmm. with it. And the the study of messages and how people understand messages, how you're constantly communicating, even when you're not speaking, um, written communication, verbal communication, digital communication was just kind of on the on the rise at that point. And so my mind was just, you know, uh, re reintroduced to this field of education. And I fell in love with it. And was sitting with my counselor one day and he said, Hey, Jazzy, um, you know, if you just take one more class, you can go to Sac State, which is the four year uh, university up here. And I thought, 
me like this kid who's like a total like f up in high school like barely just trying to you know find her way trying to raise his kid and you think I can go to a university and he you know he did and told me to take this one class I did I transferred to Sac State um and that moment um was huge for me I went to Sac State's orientation it was mandatory at that time um and I'm sitting in the audience and there's maybe like I don't know 40 or 50 student leaders who are introducing themselves and really excited about, you know, the college and uh, in a sense helped us, you know, plan our first semester. And I was like, I want that job. Like, I don't know what this job is, but I'm going to get that job. Wow. Um, was it, was that person super impressive? Like, did they touch you in a way that you related to or you just thought I, I would be good at that? It was, was both. It about the person you know, or it, the job was both. It it was it was about both. You know, the energy mm-hmm. in the room first was contagious, and I thought, wow, like what an amazing group of people, and they're all students at Sac State, and I'm going to be a student at Sac State. And then my individual orientation leader, I thought, was really just intelligent, and she knew a lot about the college, and she was um, easy to get along with, and just easy to ask questions of. And so I thought. I want to do that. You know, my journey to Sac State was kind of crazy, but I'm here and I know a little bit of things um, and I want to share that. And so that was one of many student jobs that I had at Sac State. I worked in orientation. Um, I worked in financial aid. I worked in admissions. Um, and it was during my time in admissions um, under one of my mentors who said, you know, Jazzy, you're about to graduate. What are you thinking about doing? And I was like, I'm not really sure. You know, I like this, you know, working at a college thing. She's like, you should consider working in higher education. And I was like, what is higher? Like, what is that? She was like, student affairs. I was like, and what is that? Um, and so she, <laughs> she just started explaining to me, um, it's everything that you've been doing since you've been here. All this work that you've been doing to create opportunities for students to remove barriers, uh, to introduce people to um, education in a way that maybe they haven't thought about before. That's student services. That's student affairs. And I was like, I want that. That That is exactly wow. what I okay, want to do. Wait, I have a million questions right now. Stop. Interrupt have, me. Sorry. I, have, I can go on I have, No, you're good. <laughs> I dropped a lot okay, of good the, stuff the, the very, Yeah. The very first thing that made me sort of take a breath was you described your you find you butt heads with your family so you're there's there's crazy tension there which I sort of want to ask about why but then before we even get to that you had this positive view so you're in kind of a tough situation right you're doing whatever you can to survive for you and your child that you didn't anticipate having and you're in low-income housing and taking financial aid, and many, many people who are in that situation, I think, feel powerless. They feel less than because they're being handed things. They feel there's a, there's a whole lot, and I'm projecting because I have not been in that situation. But you saw it as this opened me up to all these opportunities. Have you always been in that positive mental mindset? about the situation that you're in and what good is coming from it? Or did you have to, like, how did you get to do that? Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent question. I don't know that I've ever thought about that. I think at that time in my life, um, when you don't have a lot of options, <laughs> you got to think creatively, you know what I mean? And so I saw, okay, well, I can go to school and help myself, you know, better my life, but I'm also going to get this financial aid that's going to help me pay this rent that I need to make sure that I take care of. Oh, and by the way, they're going to provide daycare. This seems like a win-win type of situation. 
Um, and all I have to do is take these classes. And so I think for me, that made a ton of sense, even though I wasn't a big fan of education. Um, I, I knew what the realities well, saw, were in front of me. But this is a mindset question. This is, is not a rational question. This is your view of life. Are you are you a, a sort of perpetual optimist? You see the bright side of things, even when the going gets tough? I, I think everyone in my life would disagree with that. <laughs> I'm kind of a realist. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a realist. Um, and, and that's just how I saw it. It's like, this this is my reality. And what am I going to do about it? And and that is something mm. that is definitely true about me. It's like, I have to do something. You know, like there, I have to take action. Nice. So, you know, you sort of talked about, I, I, I want to take a step back because I think our childhoods affect us in all sorts of ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you said you were kind of, I think you described yourself as an F up as a, as a teen Mm -hmm. and you bumped heads with your family. What was going on? You know, I think um, there was a lot going on with my parents, you know, now as an adult kind of looking back with different eyes. Right. Um, I think our finances were tight. Um, Mm -hmm. And when finances Mm -hmm. are tight, it, I mean, what's that like the number one or number two cause of divorce. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you layer that with religion, right? A religion um, that tells you that you don't get divorced, you you don't give up, um, you don't pivot um, when things aren't going as you hoped. It's either that's the way that it is designed for you or you need to pray some more. Um, and so I think when it's multi-layered in that way, and then for myself, um, kind of being in the middle between my parents. Um, mm. my My dad was was and still is a, an entrepreneur, a general contractor. And when you do general contracting work, there's good days and there's bad days, you know? Yeah. And the bad days, a lot of times happen around the holidays, right? People aren't getting their mm-hmm. roofs fixed or their kitchens remodeled, you know, during the holidays. And that's the time when really a family kind of comes together. And when you're not able to do that and you've got kids in the middle, um, I think it just creates a kind of a recipe for a little bit of chaos, um, and yeah. for me, trying trying to find my lane in that, trying to be supportive of, you know, my dad and, and you know, how he's showing up and, and not fully understanding the stress that that was putting on my mother, who was, you know, the only one working, you know, on paper, yeah. the only one on working a, a nine to five. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, trying to take care of an entire household and two growing children. And then I'm in the middle, you know, just being an adolescent, a, a little bit of that, too. Right. It just. Um, was a spicy situation, you know, and and you're getting pregnant did what with the family? So by the time I became pregnant, my parents were uh, divorced, they just got divorced, like maybe Mm. less than a year into their divorce had been together for 20 years, my entire Mm. life. Mm. Um, And so I for I think my 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 child did something different for both of my parents. I think for my mom, it gave her light you know, mm-hmm. after a lot of darkness. And as in a fact, new grandma, I identify with grandma, that. I yeah. that. <laughs> it just gave her a ton of light. And she calls my daughter sunshine and my daughter calls her sunshine. So, uh, you know, I think I, it's, it's very clear that, you know, everything in the right timing. Like, I don't know why I got pregnant. I mean, I do know why I got pregnant, but I, I, you <laughs> you're know, the, in the higher time... education, Jazzy. You know how that happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly how it happened. In fact, I recall. Um, but uh, it, it, it was important. It was an important, you know, uh, introduction, a- addition to our family. Um, I think for my dad, he got a second chance to not have a daughter, but have a daughter, you know, and to the, the do it 
better, you know, to, to be able to consistently provide and never be able to um, have to say I can't or not this time. And um, in that respect, my daughter has had an amazing childhood. She'll be 18 here in a few months. Um, and when when I look congratulations at... to you both you got thank you, you, you yes. helped thank get you. there we know it yes. takes a village it definitely was it definitely was <laughs> and so you know her presence has just been a, a bright light I think for you know that part of my family and uh, where we're just trying to, to go and, and and become as we move forward and and yet that family uh, where she began is not where you are you have a exactly. gorgeous wife who has been a guest on our podcast and we adore her but talk about that that sort of transitional moment for you all and you know I'm thinking about your parents but I'm really thinking about you and you know you talked about your being an athlete in school and that was sort of your definition of a high performing athlete and you know I I think that this is an important part since I've I've met you before and I understand um the the super intricate interesting person you are I I want to hear about that that coming of age piece for you yeah it it was big um when I became pregnant with my daughter it was very interesting because I was already in this kind of space of uh, exploring my identity and who I thought I was and who I knew I wanted to be but wasn't quite brave enough at that moment and so um, getting pregnant with her was kind of a a jolting (laughs) uh, day in my life because I was like wait, this isn't, you know, how I envisioned, you know, the next five, 10, 18 years of my life. Um, and so, you know, we, we went down this journey, she and I, um, and for most of her life or most of her, most of the first half of her life, I was single. Um, and I was dating men sporadically, not really seriously, still trying to figure out who am I, you know? And then probably when she was about seven years old, she probably remembers this more clearly than I, um, brushing her hair in the morning, getting her ready for school. Mm -hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, Aaliyah, um, you know, people can love who they want to love. You know, they can choose who they want to choose. She's like, yeah, mom. Yeah. You know, total seven year old. And I said, so yeah, I'm choosing to love women. What do you think about that? And she, she had her tablet. I remember she looked up at me and she said, okay. And went back to her tablet <laughs> and I went on to, to brushing her hair. Um, and I remember being I so kids. scared, you know, I was yeah. so scared. Had you, had you thought about that conversation for like weeks? I had How toiled, I, just oh, toiling oh, over it, you I know. I bet you had full conversations. Oh, yeah, I was prepared for her reactions, her responses, what I was going to say, how I was going to. Anyways, it ended up, so so that was the first like step into like, I can just be who I want to be. If my daughter, you know, the the. The, the main person in my life right now that I care about is not concerned. Um, I'm going to start living, you know, as me and, and choosing who I want to choose. We've we've gotten through a little bit of your childhood and you're trying to figure out who you are we've talked about your being an educator before we get to the whole cannabis piece because this is new to me I want to talk about you being a mentor because I think both of you you and Melissa and you're each in your way are helping lift people around you on all sorts of levels so I want to talk about you and your role as a, a mentor which is just super meaningful and important so tell me what you do uh, mentorship is so important. Um, it, it's next to being a, a parent and a wife, one of the most rewarding things that I have the fortunate opportunity to do. Um, 
and I believe in it wholeheartedly because I'm a product of it. Um, and I don't think that I would be where I am without mentors in my life. You know, people who see things in you that you don't see in yourself, who push you to levels that you don't think that you can achieve yourself, who, you know, are the wind beneath your wings, you know, the, the champions behind the curtain. Um, and it was mentors at different stages of my life that have positioned me um, to kind of where I am. And so wait, my, let's do my, a call out. Let's do a call out to the mentors that are top yeah, of coming. mind to you right oh, now. I hell yeah. That. It's already coming. <laughs> I already got it queued up for you. So my first mentor, uh, Beth Merritt Miller, uh, Dr. Beth Merritt Miller, who's the uh, uh, associate vice provost at Cal Poly Slow um, over the university advisement yep. area, was the first person to introduce me to the field of higher education, um, but has been just an instrumental figure in my life as I moved through being a professional in higher education to being an administrator um, in that work. Um, and I'm just, she's still my mentor today. All of these people are still in my lives and I'm just- So she uh, saw it in you before you saw it in yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Mentor that. number one, Beth. Mentor number one. Uh, mentor number two. Mm-hmm. is uh, Dr. Ed Mills, uh, who's the vice president of stu uh, student affairs at Sacramento State. Uh, and he gave me my first job. Uh, oh, when I yes. was grad, when I graduated from Sac State with my undergrad, I didn't, I didn't have a job lined up and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was working in orientation, um, but my days were numbered. And uh, he said, what are you doing after graduation? One of the most scary and powerful questions that someone can ask you. And I was like, totally. I have no, idea. I don't know. I have no idea. And he was like, call me tomorrow. Um, and that uh, got me my first professional position um, in higher education. And he has really just mentored and guided me into, you know, management. Yeah. And then my last mentor uh, is Melanie Dixon and she's the president of American River College. Uh, the second black woman president at that institution, uh, which for me is extremely powerful. Um, during my work at American River College, she and I were the only two black female administrators at that institution. Mm. Um, and so when you talk about visibility, when you talk about mirroring, when you talk about um, authentic leadership, she is just the absolute epitome of that. And re re reinforced and reaffirmed for me that authenticity will always win and to, to absolutely show up as yourself in every single space that you step foot in. Um, and it'll be rewarded every single time. And so for that, just that nugget, um, again, she will always yeah. have a special place in my life and in my heart as I, you know, kind of move forward. So these are three people who understood you, saw mm -hmm. your, saw your, uh, potential understood your skills and got you to the that next level that you might not have imagined for yourself have you always been understood wow you got some good questions <laughs> she does that doesn't she mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't think so um and i and i say that um owning the responsibility of that wholeheartedly and that's because wow. i didn't know who i was until you know, very, re like in the last 10 years of my life have been very confident about that. But for 25 or so years, you know, st still was trying to figure that out. And don't think people knew, knew how to 
how to take me, you know what I mean? Knew what to expect from me. So no, I don't think that I was always understood. I always sought to be understood. Um, mm. But I think once I changed my mindset and just really started living in purpose, on purpose, you know, um, absolutely. I felt absolutely understood by everybody that I encounter and I have no issues, you know, kind of introducing who I am and what I believe in and, and why I show up the ways that I do. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting how how we we feel about ourselves versus how we're seen. I think we all mm -hmm. struggle with it a little bit. But I know, um, having talked to you uh, about this a little bit beforehand, that as someone who was a super athlete, as someone who's not super girly, as mm -hmm. you know, I think you know it would be easy it would to judge incorrectly that you mm -hmm. know. It, Look, anybody who's not looking at the screen right now is just hearing your voice, knows mm -hmm. that there's this highly articulate, loving, inspirational <laughs> mentor. And yet, you know, you're wearing an NFL beanie, mm -hmm. you know, you've, you're wearing a T-shirt. You've got, yeah, you, you've got your cute teeth, but we've got, we've got, you know, a different presentation that if someone was judging rather than mm -hmm. listening and knowing, mm -hmm. they could get it wrong. And I kind of want to know what that feels like. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a wild ride, you know, quite frankly, um, you, you dance, you dance this dance of, um, trying to be yourself and be true to yourself, um, while trying to move up in society's professional world, um, but also trying to lift as you climb and being authentic, you know, in that, in that regard as well. Um, and I think that it comes with a lot of self-exploration, you know, and self, self-confidence, you know, you, you, you've got to be, um, firm in who you are and, and what you believe in, um, before the world will accept any of that. Um, and yeah. I've, I've lived on both sides of that. Yeah. And are you able to use your knowledge of your own, um, experience that way to help the students that you see in, in your day-to-day -day role? I mean, my guess is you see people who remind you of you. Every and day. Might, yeah, I would think that that would make you super strong. And since, since so many people are struggling with yeah. how they're perceived versus who they want to be and how they feel they are, I, I think that yeah. probably is a big, a big uh, win in your back pocket that you can just pull out to help people. Yeah, it's super rewarding. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps right now just yeah. thinking about, you know, the, the specific, you know, students or stories that come to the forefront of my mind. Um, but as of late in my, in my higher education career, I spent more time mentoring new professionals, um, who then impact the lives of students. And to me, that's legacy work, right? 100%. Because yep. they're going to take these Definitely. principles, these experiences, these nuggets that I've got from my mentors that I'm going to pass down to them that they're going to use to not only impact students, but impact the teams that they're going to be leading. And so, um, I just was so fortunate to lead the teams that I led at both Sac State and American River College. And many of those folks are just <laughs> knocking it out of the higher education park. I just, I couldn't be more proud specifically right now of my team at American River College and the things that they're now pulling together um, since my transition is just super rewarding. And you're the Dean of Students there, right? Was formerly the Dean of Students. I was formerly the Dean of Students uh, up until August 1st. Okay. Um, but I oversaw uh, the outreach area, first year experience, um, our completion programs, as well as student life. 
Um, so we're really wow. talking about the heartbeat, right? The heartbeat yeah. outside yeah. of the classroom, of course, and the things that happen in instruction, but the heartbeat of uh, a student services aspect of an institution and um, having the just fortunate opportunity to uh, mentor and guide and groom and develop new professionals to build new programs, to change the, to shift the culture at an institution uh, the size of American River College during good times, 30,000 students at that college. Wow. Um, to be able to move programs, move people and move that institution in a way that we were able to do um, is just beautiful and, and, you know, something I'll keep with me forever. What was it. your sport? I just said you threw us that left curve. What was what was your oh your basketball? Sport? Basketball. I played okay. basketball. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't I don't know oh, what yes. the analogy Six. is for basketball, but yeah, hoops. That that oh. three pointer <laughs> for sure. That jump shot. Can you tell we yeah. don't play sports? Okay. It's all good. Um, so yeah, uh, currently I'm a cannabis consultant. Uh, I, I work for a company called Ohana Cannabis Company. Uh, they are based. Oh, I've seen in- it all over. I've seen their in billboards. Wow. They're based in Emeryville. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm, and have a location here in Sacramento called Cantinas, uh, which is where I work. But b- before any of that, um, I've been in higher education, as you all know, from my entire professional career. And my family is is in transition. My My wife is an entertainer and a film director and has recently, in the last year, kind of fully stepped into that as, you know, doing yes. that work full time. Um, our daughter, as I shared, is uh, getting ready to turn 18. She'll be graduating from high school here in the next couple of months. Um, and so for the first time in my life, I've got this very interesting opportunity to think about what's next for Jazzy. Yeah, I, I haven't had that, you know, since I was 20 years old, 19 years old. Yeah. Um, and now at 39, you know, I, I'm, I'm faced with that question of like, well, what do I want to do? I mean, I'm very good at what I do at in, in higher education, Obviously, I yeah. have a, a super strong support system at American River College. Love the work that I'm doing. My team is amazing. Um, yeah. But still at night, you know, I felt like my pilot light was just kind of wavering. It was just, yeah. you know, well, it wasn't doing anything out. for that long is it's, yeah. it's hard to keep refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, start thinking about other things that I'm passionate about. Cannabis has always been a part of my life. Um, I believe in the healing impacts of the plant. Um, I believe in uh, the social and recreational aspects. I believe in the restorative justice aspects of cannabis. And so I was like, well, cannabis is now newly legal and um, newly regulated at the state level. Um, I wonder, you know, if I'm able to take all of these experiences and all of these skills that I have that I've been using in higher education and take it to a new industry. Um, and so I'm sure Melissa said this during her podcast, but you gotta, you gotta bet on yourself and you gotta do it, um, and do it afraid, you know, and I was afraid, I was very afraid, um, to even talk about cannabis or have cannabis on my resume, um, with the work that I've, you know, been doing in education. Um, but I bet on myself. I did it afraid. I applied for this position um, back in January um, and started working there a couple months after that. 
and it just opened up my eyes because they were low. It opened up my <laughs> eyes. Um, it opened up my eyes though to uh, just a new reality. You know that that the potential to have a life that doesn't require me to live in this Monday through Friday nine to five that gives me an opportunity to change lives and heal in a new way, you know, that I, that I've not been doing. And I mean, I'm still going to build teams, right? We're still going to, you know, create projects, mentor, mentor, all of that, but in a new way, in a new, fresh way. Um, So is it a more virtual role? You're not doing the, that nine to five in that way? Or how is, how is, I understand that you're not on a campus and not mentoring professionals every day, but, but what's the, what's the day to day difference for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for me, I spend the majority of my day, if not helping patients, helping my colleagues, uh, developing as a as a leader, as a new leader in this industry, um, and really just trying to create structures and opportunities for not only like myself, but myself within this company to go next level. Our our owner is fully focused and has instilled in us. Uh, the mindset that once we set our mind to something, we are going to execute it. And so now that I'm in this industry under this new kind of leadership with this new mindset, um, I'm I'm ready to take, you know, cantinas and ohanas and go with them uh, to the next level. And so it's it's a lot of a, a little bit of everything, you know, like healing is <laughs> is the person, the most rewarding yeah. part. You have. Someone yeah, but I also in. hear I hear different language from you right now, mm-hmm. which is very. Um, I, I all of a sudden see the the basketball player in you. Mm-hmm. You know, I see this this sort of competitive spirit, and we're going to do this in a team effort. And you know, I when you described your path getting into higher education and some of what you do, while you talked about it in the context of a community, right now I hear it in the context of a team. And I love. Mm-hmm. I, I can almost imagine, you know high school jazzy you know the high the high scorer on the team and you know I, I, it would be you would be fun to work with oh thank you thank That's you I, I think my colleagues have a good time I hope they do um I try to have a good time when I'm there um and like I said it's it's new it's fresh um it's growing uh it's a Yay! budding industry oh. Um, oh, are you like the chief punster I, I have so many buns. Um, I'm getting Cory Booker vibes from this interview. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Cory My would best love buds these. are at work, you know? Oh, <laughs> man. This is borderline dad jokes. But, uh, that's but where I'm at in life. It. We I'm love glad it. that you said it because I am fully in dad Embracing your dad life. joke. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Hell yeah. Love to see it. I love to see it. Oh, my gosh. I well, wonder, have you always been this confident? Like, Yes. You're so confident and you say things and you know what? Melissa's actually like this too. I Cheers. love how you, you just say, and it's not arrogant. It's not cocky. It's literally just like, yeah, I'm really good at what I do. Yeah. That's I, it. There's no laugh. Like I find when I'm trying to be confident, I'll be like, ha ha. So they mm-hmm. know that I don't think like I'm mm-hmm. better than anyone, but you don't, you just do it and you don't come off like that. It's so genuine. And just like, yes, I'm really good at this. I was a really intelligent child. Mm-hmm. That's great so, role modeling. Yeah. Great role modeling. Yeah. I'm I mean, inspired. 
So that, thank you. Someone's got to. Someone's got to say it, right? If it better be me, <laughs> set the well, tone, right? But I think the more it's we true. do say it and know that it's okay to know where your strengths are and talk about them, yeah. especially. I think especially as women, um, mm-hmm. we yes, often get get sure. looked down on for doing that. That's a little more of a traditionally masculine behavior and it's great Mm -hmm. for us to be able to assert I'm in my sweet spot this is what I do Mm -hmm. well this is Mm -hmm. who I've always been clearly Mm -hmm. you have always been articulate I mean the words just roll out of your mouth like you know many people have to think about what they're going to say and you're you're just like a poet like smoke from a spliff (laughs) (laughs) that's right I'm smooth Um, I I always have been you know uh, I always was a debater you know, I think my mom was like, you should be a lawyer. Like every mother tells their yeah. uh, <laughs> assertive yeah. child, you know what I mean? You should be a lawyer. Um, but I have always been passionate about communicating, like never been afraid to say what was on my mind or what I think about a particular issue or a project. Um, and I know the power of words, you know, and words mean things. Um, names are important. Yes. Like yep. all of that has always been just kind of, you know, core to, to who I am and how I've just moved through life. And so, uh, yes, I'm, I'm very confident. Um, my wife is, is a big part of that, yeah. you know, um, I think she's like taking it, help me take it up a notch, but yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. That's what spouses should so do. Sweet. That's I, yes. I love that she does that for you. All right. Well, you know, I want to get to our community questions, but I can't, um, let you off the hook before, you know, I, I note you're 39 years old. You've already had, a very significant career, raised a daughter, started a new life chapter. I don't know if you can visualize double your age, hopefully longer than double your age, but you're looking back on the mark that you left in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's Jazzy's mark? When I look back or, you know, when I transitioned on and and people think about me and the, the impact that I've had on their life, I hope that they will say that I was real, um, that they knew that they could count on me, um, and that whenever we were around, it was a good time. You know, I always want to make sure that there's good energy, there's good vibes, um, even if it's, you know, something that's not so fun that we need to do or talk about, but that we find a way um, to love each other in that journey. We find a way to celebrate our wins, um, even if they're small. And I hope that people feel like um, I gave them my very best. You know, I'm just smiling. <laughs> I'm just smiling. There, she does she, that, doesn't she's she? just... She just makes you feel so good. You can see why she would be great in higher education and higher education. Yeah, yeah. You know, on on both (laughs) on both levels. But she just, um, you know, this this whole idea of being yourself, being someone you can that other people can count on, being that consistency. You know. Yes. There's that cannot be undervalued. Hundred percent. Do you remember when we interviewed Amy Allison, who runs um, She the People? She the people. She yep. said, we asked her, what is like, we said something like, what's the mark of a true friend? And she said, someone who will pick you up from the airport. Jazzy would pick you up from yes. the airport. I know she would. A hundred percent. No matter what. 
<laughs> yep. All right. Well, uh, we cannot we cannot have the last word here. No. Our community needs to throw in some questions for this amazing individual. Absolutely. So come on, community. What you got? Hi, I'm Tony, and I want to know, how has your experience with belonging and acceptance informed the way you're raising your family? Oh, tremendously. Uh, just tremendously. I, I'm so fortunate to have been in education, Tony, to be given the language to be able to explain and articulate um, these experiences that I've had, these feelings that I've been feeling. I mean, to be able to share that with my daughter as I've transitioned and gone through my journey has just been amazing to help her reaffirm who she is as a young black woman, to be confident in her own skin um, is because that I learned to be confident in my own skin. And she watched that and she was able to, I'm sure, take little pieces and, and make that a part um, of her life. It's It's just been the guiding light, you know, to hear my daughter talk about social issues in, and in, in a very just, uh, intelligent way, you know, at, at a level beyond her years, I know as a result of my journey, my journey with my wife and what we've, what we've been, you know, taught as educators and what we've been able to share with her. Um, and the same has been true in my professional career to, to be able to tell folks, hey, your professionalism is here and here. It doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter what you drive. You know, it matters yeah. how you treat people and how you show up and can people count on you. Like to be given that at the beginning stages of your professional career um, is invaluable. Hi, I'm Anya and I struggle to explain the way I feel to those who don't identify outside of society's norms. Do you have any advice for communicating this to others? So I would say, um, A, Anya, you don't owe anything to anyone. <laughs> you don't have oh, to explain Boom. anything to anyone. You know what I mean? First and foremost is to be true to yourself and stand in your purpose, on purpose at all times. Um, and as long as you do that, those who matter will get it. And those who don't get it... <laughs> Honestly, they don't matter. I think as I humans, that. we spend so much time focusing on people who don't love us that we forget that there's a ton of people who love us, who are watching us, who are inspired by us. And so focus on that. Re re redirect your energy to that. And for those that don't get it, dude, there's Google, there's Audible, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's TED Talks. Yeah. Let them go educate themselves. <laughs> Yes, I love that. Find your cheerleaders. Yeah, find your cheerleaders and get with your pack and yeah, after Boom. rest. Yeah, that's right. I love that. Amazing. What do you feel black masculine presenting women are missing from women centered spaces? And do you feel like black masculine presenting women are seen and heard in the fight for women's rights and reproductive justice, too? Gosh, this voice sounds so <laughs> familiar. Wow. <laughs> I have no idea why. Oh my I goodness. have no idea why. Hey, but I wonder if she's single. Um, if she's hey. looking to go out tonight. Because so. Um, <laughs> For everyone listening, this may or may not be Jazzy's wife. <laughs> uh, hi, babe. Uh, thank you, babe. Again, when, when I talk about support, it, it's things like this. Um, so I feel like black masculine women are absent from almost every space. 
Um, Mm -hmm. You all have heard my journey about my uterine health absent. You know what I mean? When I show up to the doctor's office, um, it's a rare occasion that a doctor is going to understand who I am as a queer black woman, as a masculine presenting woman who happens to have a biological child um, and just trying to control unconscious Mm -hmm. biases. Like, you know, we're absent. When I look at imagery, when I look at textbooks, um, if it's not Audre Lorde, like you kind of, you know, you kind of don't have any other names that exactly (laughs) that, that, um, you can, uh, relate to. Um, and so we're absent, um, in so many spaces that for me, I feel like it is one of the most important pieces is that I do show up and I show up as myself and, um, I am visible, you know, and I'm confident and I take on leadership opportunities so that others like me who are navigating some of the same challenges that I was not that long ago in my life can see that there is a model, there is a way, there is a a possibility um, that things can be different or things can be a way that maybe you haven't seen. That is so true and so effective. Everything you say, I feel is like actionable. Here's what we do. We show up. We're real. We're not apologetic. We're not meek about who we are. We just show up. We are. We're confident. People see that. It spreads. Boom, you know, it's boom, so boom. funny, Jazzy. Our, the the tagline of our maker. podcast is where real people shine and where people who shine get real. Oftentimes people fall in one yes. camp or the other. You fall in both camps. You're just like our poster both. child for both. people who get oh, real and you. shine. I, I'm like glowing just after this conversation. So... Thank you for bringing yourself oh, to this. I Evo. know. And wait, we actually we actually have one oh, you more. You are so popular. We have four community one more, questions. One more, one more. <laughs> and when did you become a sex symbol? Because you hella fine. Sex symbol, eh? Tell us more. That's a different podcast. That's a different My podcast. wife. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Bring us, bring us both on, and uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Oh my goodness! I need more deets on the sex symbol question. <laughs> well, first of all, we've met both of them. You see the energy between them. You see the oh chemistry. God, yes. Part of it, we don't need more information. We get it. <laughs> it's true. But we we see it. <laughs> we see They're it. So good it's together. so. It's, it's like magic. They are so good. But I think this opened up a new opportunity for us, Ariel. What do you think about bring a friend couples edition? Oh, like maybe we do God. a whole we do a whole season on we amazing are relationships like, couples. Um, okay, okay, unfortunately, say, no. Is it like couples therapy moments. Or no, something? they they <laughs> certainly don't seem to need couples therapy. But I no, just think no, not that you know they bring each other along as their as each other's friend as and yes. and more, and uh, they just, let each other shine, which is like normally you have one really confident star and then the other like thoughtful like more shy yeah they are yeah this is two alpha women (laughs) lifting each other up being everything confidently I I learned so much from this just like be who you are and forget what everybody else thinks be be who you are and and love it and be confident in that it's role modeling. hundred so percent. Even 100%. when you're feeling yourself confidently, like it's not just about all about you. It's about other people seeing that and 
feeling the permission and, you know, the confidence to do it themselves. Yeah. And they they were on a, a panel together when Melissa was launching her film at at our house. And we could see the two of them together um, yes. at a Parlay House event. And it was just extraordinary. So if you're listening and you're like, Anne, what the hell are you talking about? What's a Parlay House <laughs> event? Um, Parlay House is this um, amazing organization. I'm going to say amazing because I've learned from Jazzy that you own the things own that it. you're strong with. I'm owning it. Um, and it started <laughs> when I was sort of in a in a transition in the same way that, that Jazzy is or uh, many of us are at any given time of their life. And I started this gathering of women that's now in, you know, tons of cities around the world as well as virtually every other week as well as through newsletters and blogs and all sorts of awesome things that we do and you can join and be a member just log on to parlayhouse.com p-a-r-l-a-y house.com join us as a member today and we're no judgment zone you come there you be yourself we won't judge you if you don't if you don't join we won't judge you either all we ask is that you come back again next week to our amazing podcast um listen to us enjoy everything that we have to talk about uh that gets real and where real people shine and when you come bring a friend if it seems life is heavy just pull up a seat i've been looking for someone to me i've got stories i could talk about Bring a Friend was produced by us, Anne Devereaux Mills and Arielle Fuller, with a whole lot of help from our all-girl superstar team, Eliza Mills and Daisy Palacios. Our delightful music and theme song were created by the talented duo Exes, fronted by Ali McDonald. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>